Cutting for Sign with Ron Cecil and Daniel Pinnerklein. The bad white men call him the devil. The Yavapai call him eyes like the sky. Just like it feels like you're, you're, you know, those long runs that you're really stoked about, and every time you tick off a mile, you're like, Yeah, there's another one. <laughs> That's how I feel right now doing these yeah. episodes. Yeah, yeah, I do know that feeling. That's a good call, mm-hmm. That's a good feeling. Yeah, all right, all right. All Tell right. us a little bit about who's coming on today. We f- we were on her podcast last week, the episode's still not out yet, but it's, I'm yeah, look, it was, it was like, mwah, it was one of those episodes where i went in i guess with pretty low expectations huh. and then came out like going whoa that exceeded you know it helps when you have low expectations but like that it totally exceeded everything i was hoping for in the conversation and made me want to have a longer conversation which we get to have today 100 percent, yeah she is uh in- very interesting uh person i was just writing up her intro and who she has gotten after it. <laughs> yeah, she really has. Yeah. Yeah, she's gotten after it. And she seems like um, very suited to help people along this journey. Like she has, I mean, people will hear soon, but her presence is is very welcoming. And mm-hmm. that, that anyways, I, I don't really know where I'm going with that, but I, I just, she made an impression on me and then I was looking at her website this morning and I was yeah. looking at images. And I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. She's got, she's got something. She's got a special something. <laughs> yeah, she does. She really does. I, I completely agree that the way she, if, if we, if we were to look at uh, anybody with like, you don't remember what they say, you remember how they make you feel. And she, have you heard that? You've heard that. Yeah, that, uh, I have yeah. heard that. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. Monica is definitely a person who leaves a strong impression of kindness, of acceptance, and and also possibility. I'd say, like, like when you talk to her, you feel like more is possible. Yeah, and I keep wanting to say something around strength, but I mm. think maybe, and I'm, I'm sure she is. I'm just trying to look for a yeah. more specific word. Like, she has a presence about her. And, yeah, she does. But uh, anyways, hey. How are you doing this morning? Hey, good What's morning. It's kind of early. I'm doing great. It's um, in the AM here in Portland, Oregon, on the West Coast. Uh, what's it like down there in California? Are you okay down there? You, you guys almost got washed away. We did. <laughs> fucking rained like a mother. <laughs> yeah, it did. It did. But uh, a rain after a part, like, you know, when your skin is really, really dry and you put lotion on? <laughs> that's that's That was what happened. That rain oh was like lotion. <laughs> The ground was just greedy for the water, and I think all the trees yeah. were two feet in the next two days. After. Yeah, yeah, we're in a drought. We're in twenty year drought, so it was big. Do you ever feel like the weather? This is a this is a little bit of a dicey question because I don't want mm. it to sound narcissistic or solipsistic, but oh, I don't know what that second word means. So uh, it means that you're the center. You think that you're the center of the, the universe, <laughs> oh. that everything is you, the type of thing, right? But not in a good way. Okay. Um. But do you, when I was a kid and the clouds used to go over the sun, I used to think that I, I was doing that. Why did you think that? 
I don't know. It was just like a little imaginative thing. I wasn't even thinking I was imagining. I just used to be like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm in a different mood now. Like, whoa. Yeah, it was, it was interesting, but it was, it was innocent and playful. Yeah, of course it was. You're a kid. I mean, but <laughs> yeah, it'd be funny though. If you were also the kind of kid who like saw a car wreck, you're like, hell yeah, I did that. <laughs> oh, <you. laughs> <Jesus>. dark <laughs> uh, what type of kid were you <laughs> no, i i probably was one of those kinds of kids not that way I but that. but like i remember when i was seven i wrote the word evil like real big and like bubbly letters inside a book and my sister freaked out she was like what's happening she was 17 <laughs> Ron, you have a good relationship with the dark side i think that you're what they would call a gray jedi <laughs> <laughs> I uh it probably expresses itself most in music like I really like emotive music that truth be told I really can't listen to that often because of it like it I, like I immediately snap to a darker side of me not an evil not a part that wants to harm people but like that uh, kind of wallows around and like some negative feelings you know like heartbreak or or loneliness or or um sadness you know There's it's a probably a little bit like that it's probably like a negative form of narcissism or like solipsism like something where it feels like i'm the center i'm like down in it and i'm and i can i can get in there pretty fast with music and i have to be careful you know there's a that's <laughs> there's this scene in this book uh the dark tower series stephen king's like oh yeah Mac yeah Lupus. And there's a scene where they approach this really dead, fucked up city. And there's just like garbage piled on garbage. There's canyons of refuse and random post-apocalyptic matter, just like mm. city stuff kind of pushed out of the way and these tall, unstable can canyons of, and then the heroes are traveling through it. And there's these loudspeakers playing like out of prison, you know? Mm. And they're always like playing this music and this different type of stuff. And I feel like in your inner world, there's a section of your 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 life like that. And from those, oh yeah, man, playing that music. <laughs> I mean, I think that's part of the reason someone like Monica um, intrigues me because she um, at least presents to us and the little that we've spent time with her, like as a very bright, very full of light, vivacious, and vivacious maybe even sounds a little too shallow. Like she, it's like apparent that she has some depth to the light she brings. And, and I think some of us have a set point for, I don't know, mood maybe. And my set point's pretty in the, in the gray, dark <laughs> world. That's and I, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And See, I, that's interesting. Cause you don't present that way when you hang out your persona. Dude, I've been, I've been fighting this stuff off. I mean, I, I don't, I've been, I've been like, not fighting enough like i've been embracing it to the point where i know like if it goes further it's harmful to me it's i'm not the kind of person i really want to be but it's kind of the way i naturally am and so i do i do make room for it um and i've given myself allowances to huh. indulge in music or or write you know you've read my writing <laughs> you know those are places that i can i can kind of stretch those things out settle into a nice session of blood meridian oh yeah yeah stuff yeah. like that but the funny thing is even with that like um you know it's not uncommon for me to pick something up like that and then pretty quick to go mm, that's a little too that's too much for me right now 
I, I go through periods. Like uh, there, there'll be long stretches where I'm, I'm out. I'm not doing any of that stuff. I'm not yeah. wow. getting into the grit of the doom of life. I'm, I'd have well, to, that's why. Yeah. That's one of the reasons I liked reading that book, that series of books is it kind of, it, it's like Stephen King just decided to make, make his world, his dark inner world into yeah. an actual into like an actual world you know yeah and yeah. and and then all of the, the books could be seen as that but this is like his world he's even a character in it. I, I think that's one of the mo- most like powerful ways to individuate and make your inner and outer world cohesive and together and express mm. within each other is is to like write a story that right where those parts of yeah like you can just so, no, stretch your legs yeah absolutely stretch their legs yeah yeah that's interesting uh what were we talking about before i think we got on talk we Talk about Monica, her light, her, all her stuff, how cool she is. And then, then I think I got, like, I cracked some door on darkness that you're like, oh, I want to, I want to oh, pull that thread. Who cares, man? We're just, it flowing. doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. We're oh, there she is. Okay. Go ahead, Daniel. Okay. Monica Rogers, you are an advocate for the full actualization of women. You inspire women to embody the act of saying yes to the mess and believe that this is the missing link to self-love and personal awakening. Through your podcast, The Revelation Project, and group coaching programs, you guide women through their inner revolution from trance to transcendence, revealing the toxic myths of social conditioning and self-doubt and illuminating the magic and magnificence of their imperfect selves. You believe that there has never been a more important time for women to reveal the truth of who they are and that this is a catalyst for positive change in the world. Welcome, Monica Rogers. Oh, thank you. Yes, it's true. And it's so good to be here. Awesome. <laughs> I'm uh, going to brag about you and I for a second, Daniel, because Monica is our third, like, very high achieving woman that we've had on in a row. And it just feels like it's like getting better and better and better every time. And I'm excited, Monica, that you're here. I, all, our conversations off, you know, before this have just been making me more excited about what we're going to get into today. I'm so glad you're here. Thanks for coming. Yeah, well, it's it's so great to be here, and I love, I too love bragging because who doesn't, who doesn't love a good brag, right? <laughs> and, and women, we were conditioned, right, that yeah. that was like, um, that that was not the thing to do, right? Yeah. So that that was not becoming. So I'm in the mm. unbecoming process, and I welcome all women to join me. I love that. That is so good. That is really really good. You know, Ron, for uh, like you you focus on men as your coaching clients we were Mm -hmm. kind of talking about this last night yeah i I appreciate that we have a lot of women on here like yeah i feel like masculine wholeness which is a term that you use to describe your uh business and what you promote in this world it a lot of that has to do with inviting uh feminine into masculine lives you know and masculine wholeness in my opinion would include a healthy feminine aspect to our psyche. And so it makes a lot of sense that we have women on this podcast a lot. Oh yeah, for sure. That's been a pretty big value of mine. And I just love that you're on board with that. That I'm on board with that? Well, not, I'm sorry. That makes it sound like it was my idea. I love that we (laughs) just naturally have been doing that. Yeah. I think that, that the, um, uh, Richard Rohr says the deep masculine requires the deep feminine Mm -hmm. and, and you can't have deep masculine without feminine, the deep like, whole feminine as well. And, and I'm lucky enough to help guys who have been stuck in shallow masculinity 
incorporate the deep feminine to access the deep masculine, but I've also had the, the gift occasionally to help um, people who've actually transitioned from feminine to masculine learn even about the shallow masculine in some ways. And, and that's been a really fun process. And that like continues to happen over time with some folks. So it's a big surprise and I don't know how that happened, but um, it's been cool, but Monica, Monica, go ahead. Well, yeah, Monica, what's your take on that as far as the masculine and feminine? I know we're gendering something that that probably doesn't need to be gendered. I don't know if anything really does. Uh, that's another discussion. But um, but what's your take on this? Well, I love that I love that both of you used the word shallows because you know I, it brings a whole new uh, you know that song we're out of the shallows now. Oh yeah, uh, La- Lady Gaga. Oh man, I always I always think about that right? Like we're. Yeah. We're all conditioned, men and women, to stay on the surface of life and not to go deep. And I think that there's so much, you know, when when we actually discover that that a descent is what creates an ascent Mm. in our um, evolution, right? That that that's when you know the deep feminine, the deep masculine start making so much sense. And I always look at it like masculine and feminine like again gender aside yeah um that the masculine and feminine energies are what's needed to create right it's like and if i were to bring gender into it for a minute you need a mass a male and a female to make a human so everything in the world is a gendered pair we know that we live in a very paradoxical world but we need the paradox because the meeting place of the paradox is the creation place Mm -hmm. and um you know and when we are looking to figure out what's missing in our own lives usually there's a masculine or a feminine counterpart that we've kind of forgotten to access or employ or leverage um, that kind of is the gap, right? Between where we are and where we want to go or who we are and who we want to be. What would you you say would have, has been, have been some of the, or one um, aspect that you've brought into your life or that you had forgotten, maybe that was either feminine or masculine that you have brought in and that has Hmm. enriched or opened up your life? Yeah, great question. Uh, for me, there's so much of the deep feminine that I had forgotten. As as a woman, I had what I call the triple wound, which many women have, which is a disconnection from my actual mother, hmm. a disconnection from myself, meaning my true self, my inner truth. And the third thing, which is a connection to Mother Earth and the wilderness you know, of my, my soul, right. That's, that's completely connected, um, to the actual mother. Um, so I, you know, I had forgotten how to dream. I had forgotten how to be in my body without with, like I had left my body, abandoned my body a long time ago because, living in a very patriarchal world is very, very painful and traumatic for all of us. For women, especially, I think, um, because of the 
because of the undermining process, I always kind of call it death by a thousand tiny paper cuts, that from a very young age, we continually get the message of unworthiness starting actually, um, for me, a lot of that happened in church, right? Mm. That some of the initial uh, storytelling, right, that are so powerful for kids to be sitting with my family in a pew on Sunday and hearing about Eve, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Or, you know, some of the hundreds of references to how women, you know, are unclean or um, unworthy. Um, There's so many references to that. And so I think we underestimate as an adult how these ancient texts are are listened to by the body, right? Yeah. Because our, our body holds the wisdom. And, and, and unless we're embodied, we actually are completely disoriented and lost in the world. And that yeah. was me. Yeah. So yeah. would you say that you have, like when we were reading that first intro this morning, um, maybe was that written at a time in your life where, you had more of the like accomplishment achievement masculine aspects uh dominating and you've since tended to and i know this isn't like it how happened one day far from it but do you know what i mean it yes. recently as it relatively recently has this been a transition yeah that's that's such a great insight uh daniel because that is true you know like that right it's so evident in our bios sometimes like how we present yeah and and absolutely i mean i i really i was really in the trance i call it the trance Mm. of unworthiness right and so how i navigated the world was by hyper masculinizing myself because which is really common among high achieving women yeah yeah and that and that was that made me feel um, that made me feel worthy, yeah. you know, yeah. that, that made me feel valid. And so achieving in that way, um, again, I think, I think we all miss out on the beauty of the feminine, which is the beauty of the pause. We talked about this last mm. time, Daniel, the breath, right? The, um, the spaces, right? The, the music, the drumming, the resting, the, all of these things are um, the nurturing, the nourishment. These are all aspects of the feminine that we see this play out in our lives as, as the same way we see Mother Earth out of balance, right? Like it's that, um, I love that quote, I forget now how to pronounce the name, but it's the hermetic wisdom Hermes I guess who said as within so without right mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's a beautiful quote there I think we talked I was speaking with someone recently I'm sure I mentioned it in our conversation the idea of individuation it's something that I just um it's like a Jungian term and it some have said it was kind of the core um purpose of his work and the idea is just making the inner and in a world inviting it into the mm-hmm. outer world and not only that but also having the conflicts in between your inner and outer world be to some extent 
worked out or resolved. You know, I, I, I don't mean it, we need to become perfect. That's not what I'm saying. But I, the in, inward world, which I kind of describe as our thoughts, feelings, beliefs, um, and and then our out, outer world and do those things match up? You know, is our inner world yeah. expressed in our outer world? And it's something that I work on all day. And and it's a really interesting topic of conversation, I, I think at least, because it, it is our inner, it, it collectively is our inner world being expressed in the way cities are and the way that uh, there's all these contentious discussions going on and even the way that media overwhelms us you know is that media overwhelming us kind of like a societal version of the chatter in our head you know that maybe isn't very helpful or positive and just the the long story short just the idea of looking at our inner world is somewhere that is potentially separate in a real place that can then be invited into our outer world. Do you ever think about things like oh, that? Oh, all I mean, like this is this is the conversation. I mean, this is the the daily practice for me because yeah. what you're pointing to is exactly what was out of alignment for me. I mean, I was wearing all the masks: the perfect mother, the perfect daughter, the perfect wife. And I was none of those things. I mean, oh. I was exhausted by holding the facade together for so yeah. long. And, you know, and it and it was it was honestly killing me. It was draining me. It was sucking the life from me. Wow. I've I I think Daniel, I'm I'm like deep in this world with Monica because of my work with my wife. And and we, you know, I'll be talking to some women later this afternoon about you know some of this stuff um i hear this story a lot what you just described monica like this this it's all built up we they've made all the right choices uh everything was in the right place the right time and yet it is you mentioned a few words trance was one of the words myth personal myth is another phrase that you used and and it's a collection of like hearing that evil started with eve you know, and oh, I'm a woman too. And, and then it gets added on. And then by the way, because we watch commercials and movies and books and all those things, also a woman needs to be these other 150 things. And over time it collapses, right? Like it, it builds and builds and builds and the pressure of, of it builds. And then at a certain point it, it like you, you, either, you will either take off in a, in a double down version of fakery and, and like, put on an even stronger armor or it'll dissolve. And, and that's where you have found some transformation. It seems like what you're describing. And then you're helping others go through it too. And men go through a, a, a version of that too. Right. And it's, it is a, a man is supposed to be a through Z and incapable of one through a thousand. And sometimes those men make all the right choices and and that's still just completely, it, it collapses in and of itself. You know, Ron, um, I think uh, with regard to that conversation that you're having right there, it, even the way you're saying that still implies to some extent, and I think that you, you're expressing a, a greater conversation that's being had, and I think an adjustment that can be made is something around the way you're saying that is like, men have have their experience women have their experience 
And I just don't think that that's really what's going on. And I know you don't really believe that either, but I, I would really like personally to update and put my two cents in on the uh, conversation at hand, which is all of the things that are affecting women are, you might say, the feminine are affecting you and part of you and I is experiencing what Monica is, is experiencing as, as a woman, like the feminine part of our psyche, the feminine expression of our lives is suffering in those exact same ways. Do, do you feel that? Or what do you think? I think you, I think you're actually kind of missing the point with what we're trying to say. I think we are, are saying exactly what you're describing yeah. and, and it's easy to dismiss if, because we're using polarized words, yeah. that that we have to use because that's where people first can identify themselves in their experience. And they just have to go, well, where am I? I need to hear a story that's like mine enough to trust this, to trust that the suffering I'm experiencing can be undone or can lead me to something different. Well, how would a non-binary person take participate in this conversation? Then? I don't know because I'm not bi- non-binary. You and, have to be non-binary yeah. to include them and in, in, in the, and represent where they are in this conversation because that conversation of men and women does not include so many people. And I think there's going to be a lot more people expressing themselves other than somewhere on the spectrum of men and female, male, female, that isn't those two extremes. And I think that that's why I bring up this conversation is non-binary persons hanging out with us having this conversation and maybe they feel a little bit like they're not represented or this conversation doesn't work for them. What do you think about that? I think one is, is it's not as extreme as you'd think. I mean, I don't, I like when I talk to men, like I'm not talking to fucking aggro tattooed up, like, you know, (laughs) stud wearing Harley dudes. I'm talking to men who, who are actually milk toast. Like those guys don't know how to be aggressive. They don't know how to like step up to be assertive. Um, They actually, they thought the software way, a feminine way I'm using those words on purpose was, was in response to their dads who were, who were um, dismissive, who were not present, who were aggressive, who were uh, angry, um, who were disconnected. And so they thought, man, if I go, if I go the opposite direction of that, and I was one of them. Interesting. And I was, and I still am one of those. Like, if I go the opposite, then 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 that's going to work. But the problem is, is, the opposite, the pole, you know, the opposite of a pole is a pole. The North Pole is the opposite of the South Pole. It's still a cold and desolate place. Yeah. And and so I think what we're trying to do, or what I'm trying to do, I don't want to speak for Monica, is we want that integration. We want that deep sides of both that don't require. Math, you know, gendered words, but do because we do live in a world where a egg cell and a sperm cell create something. Mm-hmm. And is there room for the non-binary? For sure. I'm. I mean, I remember when I was the theology student, I was fascinated by the idea of of these individuals that appear through ancient texts that are like eunuchs that don't have a gender, and their role in these stories and myths. I was fascinated by. Um, you know, all the sexuality that we don't have access to because of the Western mind that's like imprinted itself over, over these ancient texts. So there's room, there's more than enough room, but I also want to say like, it's, it's, it is, I think your, your, your description of what we're trying to do is way closer uh, than you'd think. And, and it's not about, um, 
I'm not trying to make the perfect man as if there's like some version of that, that is, I'm trying to, what I'm trying to do is exactly what Monica is trying to do, which is I'm trying to help men dissolve the myth that they have around themselves of being mm-hmm. and allow them to access their full self, whatever that is, whatever that might be. I had a stepdad who was, uh, who was gay, straight gay, straight gay. That's a funny way to say it. He was gay, but he thought that he was not allowed to be gay. And so he married my mom thinking that somehow that was going to fix him. And he lived a double life for at least half of their marriage, where he was sneaking around, dating other men, doing all that thing. And I, my heart breaks for him. I'm not mad at him for that. I'm not like angry that he did that. He never harmed me. He never, you know, he was a good, solid, wonderful dad to me. And and I'm, my heart is broken that he felt like he had to live a double life. My heart is broken that he felt like he couldn't access his real, his true self. And it didn't hit me till years later after they were divorced. And I watched Brokeback Mountain for the first time. And I cried. I cried through that whole film for him. I was just thinking about him the whole time. Like, like in one, in one place, like loving me and my sister as a dad. And he, and I think he clearly loved my mom. I don't think that he didn't. I just think he, he didn't have a model to being whole and the model was the Christian church that he had. And it was like just continuously trying to put a square peg in a round hole over and over again, his whole life. And that creates this insane cognitive dissonance that it sounds like Monica's experience too. And I was telling you a little bit about my own experience coming out of that, you know, even a week or two ago. And so we're, we're going through layers and, and I appreciate going through the layers, you know, and I'm curious what you think, Monica. Well, what I love the most about this conversation is the intention behind it. And I think what we're what we're up to here is finding common ground versus a battleground, you know, that Mm. that what that what is possible when we are coming from a place of um, curiosity and listening deeply to each other that when we feel seen like what gets revealed and how we get seen and heard that creates a healing event in people and the common thread here is a system that works for no one it doesn't matter if it's um, somebody who identifies as male or somebody who identifies as female or man or woman or bi or gay or fluid, it's all the overarching system that does not work for anyone here is patriarchy and the conditioning that comes with patriarchy that um, implies and covertly and overtly enforces roles that divide and separate and create war. That's period. In, in all ways, war within ourselves, yeah. war outside of ourselves, war with each other. That's not, I mean, and, and I want to go back here to a flawed story, an original origin story that is so effing flawed. And it's that human beings are not good. Yeah. That is yeah. a flawed story. And it's not a, a true story. I, 
let's just pretend for a moment <laughs> that we're living the wrong story because we all live in a mythology or a story about who we are and where we come from and why we're here. And, you know, it's really, it really gets interesting when you look at indigenous cultures and their origin stories, and you look at Western cultures and our origin stories, mm. indigenous cultures don't, don't have a story that man is the center of the universe, mm. <laughs> right? We, we tend to center ourselves and our experience here. And the thing that's really plaguing our society is human supremacy. Yeah. White supremacy, male supremacy, female supremacy. It's human supremacy is, is a very problematic origin story that yeah. has us all kind of orienting around a false reality because we're really part of an ecosystem that is is fluid that does involve these universal laws and masculine and feminine energy and that's where i go i like the i like that term human human uh, supremacy because it takes the gender out and i do think i don't i'm and i'm building our this is one of the reasons that i wanted to participate in in a podcast is to build articulation i know some people who say you know i the is there any value to someone working working things out publicly? You know, um, be public when you work things out. That's that's sort of an idea, and I I get where that's coming from, but I think there is value to working things out, building articulation, understanding awareness, and doing so publicly because it it can show that process, right? Mm -hmm. And so the, all that to say that I I am working. That this is a work in progress, and while I understand it. You know, it will always be. I do think that that things are going to be substantially better, at least in the way that Ronald and I are, articulate things and our beliefs are things like five years down the line, right? This is very early for us, but doing so publicly forces us to, you know, something's on the line when we speak and you consider your words a little differently. And so that's just a caveat. Like, please be gentle. Listeners, Monica, Ron, you know. <laughs> well, what, what I love, what I love about this, Daniel and Ron is like your willingness to be messy because yeah, yeah, that, you know, like the, I always kind of look at the mess as like where the lotus blooms, right? Like where, mm. where does enlightenment happen? It doesn't, doesn't happen in the pretty perfection of life. It happens in the muck. It happens in the mess. It's it's where, you know, it's it, like, I don't know if, if we'll get to a point in our evolution where we don't need suffering. It's like the grit mm -hmm. that, that makes the pearl, yeah. right? But, yeah. but there is something to these opposites, these polarities, these, you know, that's helpful. And again, it's helpful because it helps us make sense of the world. And, and when we can put language around something, it, it can be helpful until it's not. And what we're venturing yeah. into here is the territory that I call the territory of revelation because revelation doesn't happen inside the comfort zone. It happens, you know, when we kind of push through into the place where things start to get a little gritty, things start to get a little skiting, scared and exciting, you know, like <laughs> it's, 
it's the place where revelation, it's the place where we're like, oh, I never saw that before, or where we get so quiet with ourselves, so honest with ourselves, so present with ourselves yeah. that we access the divinity that's in us. Yeah, I and understand. that to me is revelation. Yeah. I understand what you're saying about the gendered opposites and it's not just gender we do a lot of things in opposites you know black white dark you know uh, lead follow and dance i could go off on that yeah. those things those yeah. blend those gray you know and they yeah. need to and also they have nothing to do with gender you yeah know, lead yeah. follow is, has nothing to do with gender literally um but my point is is that while i understand and agree that that speaking in terms that are opposite is helpful and useful i i wonder if that's a tool you know one one way that we can engage and disengage and i would just i sense that it's an overused tool mm -hmm. and i like when it starts to retract and pull out of discussions which your your term human supremacy did that was a small example of in my mind a little update you know, it's not male supremacy, white supremacy. It's really human supremacy. It's like one step closer to maybe really what's going on. And I would love to hear, and this is why I was asking for a little bit of allowance, because I don't, I know it's a hot topic, but there's one thing that gets me emotional these days. And there are less and less things that get me to a place where I, I lose my cool. But one of them is around this discussion of, of patriarchy and um, toxic masculine and these things. And I totally agree that there's something going on that is very, I'm so happy it's up for discussion. I would at the same time like to see, I think this is all just coming from feelings in my body. Um, that word patriarchy just broken down into what we're talking about one layer, one more layer. When we're talking about patriarchy, are we talking about an, uh, a harmful expression of control and dominance and achievement and suppression, you know? Um, and is there a word that we could use to describe all of that that doesn't automatically insinuate that all men are part of that? Um, and I understand that most men, mostly men have done those things and I get why it's, it's connected to men. I just want to tether it out and, and, and get a little bit more nuanced and specific with what we're talking about, because it's very easy for men to be like, when you say patriarchy, you're talking about me, you know? I think that's like, a, whoa, 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 yeah, not? I think that's um, for me, like when I watch a dude like disintegrate under that word, that's a, that's to me a sign of a guy who doesn't know where he stands. Mm -hmm. And, and because Patri well, when, when I hear about patriarchy, when I think, when I think of that word, I think of everything you just described, which is this, a, a system of oppression yeah. that in historical context has been built 99% of it by men. And, but does that mean that 99% of men participate in that? Nope. It means that a very small percentage of the population is that, and it happens to be men. And in order for the world to operate, many of us had to buy into that same system yeah. in order to have a job, in order to make money, in order to uh, be ambitious. 
you know, in order to be found, in order to be saved. Like there's, it, it requires a lot of us to go into a, a path of not thinking critically about our role. And, and I, so I don't like, when I hear fuck the patriarchy, I'm like, yeah, fuck that shit. And if, and, and, for, and I've got my own 10,000 reasons why I agree with that, but never do I think like I'm a part of that or never do I think because I'm a man, I'm going to be grouped in. And if some people do group me in, that's on them. It, yeah. it doesn't bother me at all. It doesn't like, it doesn't scare we're, me. We're yeah. not talking about you and we're not really even talking about me. I think that you and I understand a little bit more what the conversation is going, but there's a lot of people I suspect who don't have the understanding that you just said when they hear patriarchy, they take a personal attack. And what I'm saying is, can we invite in some more articulation, some more words, some more communication to help people who immediately put up defenses, which is a good step towards war and a bad step toward communication to like drop that down and say, well, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about something in society. I think that that's yeah, valuable. Yeah, yeah. It, it is very valuable. I had the opportunity to interview Ian McKenzie. He has a podcast called The Mythic Masculine. Hmm. And he had the opportunity to interview Rian Eisler, who wrote The Chalice and the Blade. Rian calls it a dominator culture. Hmm. And the dominator culture, as we know, is kind of linked to colonization, right? All of these, these supremacy, right? The, yeah. the, this model, this systemic. Um, we also mentioned in our last conversation the term Watiko, which is the term the indigenous people use to describe the virus of the mind that comes with this attitude of superiority and consumption and greed. Whoa. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So, so when we're looking at ways to draw from, and I do think it's important, Daniel, to your point, to be really sensitive to creating a common language that also includes the nuances, which, which I say the nuances are bringing in some of these feminine energies to express and explain things that have more context, because what we don't want to do is alienate men. We need men. Men are, are, I love men. I love my brothers, my father, you guys, my, you know, like men, my husband, men are incredible. And that's the thing. I think what we're really trying to untangle here is that when I say patriarchy, I don't mean men. Here's what I mean. Right. And, and, and until we have um, more education around this, I think I think that is a, a great, more sensitive, more nuanced way to have a conversation because because of the listening and because if if we lose people's listening, we're not going to make progress. So so the walls that immediately go up if somebody feels attacked, right? Like that's suddenly you've got the separation again, the war yeah. again. The so well, I, I think yeah. No, I'm sorry. I just, I think it's, it is an important conversation. There's also, um, you know, just orienting ourselves more and more toward language that is in inclusive, 
yeah, I'm, what would happen if we, what would people come up with if we were, none of us were allowed to use the word, so certain words, you know, what, what else would happen? And people are so good at that. Like, I love the creativity that's going on in the world right now, <clears throat> expressed in so many ways. It's the best, it's, it's an incredible time, you know, and I'm just curious what, what words are very clunky, you know, and you just like throw them at people, you know, and, and one thing I think that Ronald and I are working out is how to like take that big bag of, of, of rocks and they th throw at someone and like, let's open the bag up, you know, of that word and let's take out the rocks and then let's like start to pass them between each other. Maybe we can juggle, you know, like we, we can work together through words instead of just lobbing, you know, these things that, that they're, they're not a fine, what do they call like a, a, they're blunt instruments, you know? And so, yeah. And, and then I get curious on the other side of it, right? Yeah. Because, because we tend to, in knowing our own humanity and coming down from the surface, right. And, and getting into the inquiry of our lives, you know, that's where things get really interesting because we tend to just be these, not just, but these meaning making machines. And mm. so, I, I always look at my reactions as an indicator. Wow, what what did that just trigger in me? What mm. just came up for me? And getting really transparent about it, because that's that access to vulnerability and transparency is where I get to be responsible for how the world, um, you know, treats me. You know, and and that's where there's also this tension or an invitation. Uh, to all of us out there to understand, yes, in terms of throwing things out there, but also on the receiving end, you know, that there's, there's another place to go and get curious, which is inside of ourselves. Hmm. Yeah. And I, it's, I think it's also interesting in these, in conversations, especially when they get kind of heated. And I would not say this is in that any way that but I have been in them in the past. And it's like, a lot of times I just want people to see my intention in my heart. It's like, do you see that I care? I care deeply, you know? And, and can we just like have that be the base that we're both standing on? And I can see that you, you know, that maybe this person I'm talking to, see that you care. You know, we're just talking about, how to communicate communicate these things semantics like talk, I, if the if the majority in a lot of these discussions of the of the base of what we're uh, that's the majority of the base if the if we can keep mostly in mind that the person across from us if you believe they do and see if they do that they care it's like well then let's let's that's a great place to stand and feel firm and we don't have to feel threatened because i know you care we're on the same team you know but we're working on the same we're working on the same team here so let's just it's an exploration of how we can execute this thing how we can endure this thing you know this mm -hmm. discussion how we can help this discussion and obviously like ronald like i know ronald cares so deeply about all of the topics we always talk he's got a, a beautiful heart and that includes the mess and the darkness the fucked up you know warlocks and things in him i love those parts of him you know and uh I, I obviously from reading your bio and things that I know that you value all of that aspect too of people. And it's just like, there's no reason for me and Ronald probably ever to argue if we really just kept that understanding 
uh, knowing of each other in mind, you know, we forget it, you know, not me and I, we don't argue very much, but you know what I mean? Yeah. What do you think about that, Ron? Do you, are you, you feeling me on that? Yeah. I'm, I'm also thinking about, um, yes, I am thinking and I do. And I, um, it, it's a great place to start when everyone decides that they care and that they trust the other one. And I think it ties back to what Monica was saying earlier, which is somewhere in the back, in the back, in the mythology of our origins in the Western world, we learn that humanity is bad, that we as individuals are bad. We were told growing up in a, in a Western religious experience that we by nature are bad. And, and then you get like all kinds of different levels of that, you know, Monica learned and women learned in church, guess where the bad really came from guys. Ding, ding, ding. You guessed it. Women from Eve, you are the descendants of the origins of evil. (laughs) And, and that's actually what got my wife and I kicked out of our church was we started saying, actually, your heart is good. Mm-hmm. By nature, you are good. Mm-hmm. You are good. And <laughs> so great that that gets that that gets you kicked out. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which was God. It was so goddamn hard. Like it was so difficult going through. The, <laughs> you had. You think people are good? Get out of here. <laughs> Get the hell out of here. Yeah. Yeah. So amusing. So yeah. my point about that, Daniel, is that we have to use these charged words because it's the experience that we had. And, and is it, um, and what I mean by the experience is it was a man on a stage telling us that we were bad. That doesn't mean you have to keep using those words. You can update yourself anytime. Yeah. And there will be room for that. But as you're like, kind of like un, un, untying the knot when it first starts, you have to just start with what you know. Fair enough. And, and then there's room for nuance as it, as it goes on. Like it starts simple and then gets complex as it goes on. And, and so often I think, and I don't want to speak for Monica's business or her job, but like, so often I'm in the early stages of helping someone untie those knots in their life, really early stages. Yeah. This brings up for me, you hmm. know, again, I conversations, right. Did I, did we talk about this last time that conversations are so like, we're always living inside of a conversation. And what yeah. I think what I do love the most about podcasting about this conversation about coaching other women is like you're always creating an intentional container for a conversation to be with somebody in a way that does set up a at least my goal is to is to really set the stage for a co-creative right I don't have your answers you have your answers. If I'm a good coach, I'm going to ask you the the questions that help you get to your answers. And a conversation is so beautiful. It's such an open-ended way to explore, get curious, listen, perceive, um, feel, right? Reveal, heal, all of those things. And so 
each conversation that we have, I think that it becomes a craft, an art mm. form. Yeah, really. It, it really is. Yeah. It's, and it's a beautiful yeah. art form. Like, I think we need to be yeah, um, starting, awesome. starting to see that, like, you know, you're such a, a, an incredible painter, Daniel, right? And it's like, we can say painters and poets and writers. What about people who are really amazing at creating conversations of possibility mm. in the world? Mm. Yeah, it, I was thinking the other day about like the, the the like however long we've been, this language has been creating, and we're at the like apotheosis of it, right? I mean, we're at least at the most, uh, you know, the highest expression so far of, of conversation. But it's like, I mean, of, of language, but like to be able to through sound express so much that's going on inside and that is unseen and then to have that be created potentially or something be created in the in another person outside of me is like we're desensitized to it because we experience it all the time but it's fucking it's almost magical it's amazing it's 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 like what is the universe doing here you know it's mm-hmm. taking something in this body and it's creating a response in another body in another place and now it's doing it on the opposite side of the world you know it's right. just like what the fuck is going on? I think it's well, different. that and that's the stuff I love geeking out on because that's like the quantum field, right? When you start actually right. really realizing how that energetically creates in the world. Yeah. It's like, whoa. I feel you. What does that look like a thousand years from now? Let's just assume that we're all around and, and continuing to progress 5,000 years, 10,000. Like if you just play it out, it's like, what? We don't even, you know. It's, it's unfathomable. Yeah. Yeah. Monica, can you um, tell me the time in your life when you, when you, the moment you began to realize that you were living in a myth about yourself, like you, you realize like, oh my gosh, this thing I believe about my, that I thought was completely true. It, it may not be like, it isn't true, but you might've even started with like, this might not be true. That's a good question. Yeah, it's such a good question. So um, there was a time about 12 years ago. I mean, I'd I'd always been like, there's got to be something more here. Mm. What am I missing? Right? Mm. Like that. (laughs) But but it was the doing, 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 right? That kept me from being anything different than what I was being. And at the time, you know, that I had, you know, a breakdown, you know, like a, a truly kind of like what most people probably would have considered like a nervous breakdown right back in the day. Would you, would you also <laughs> maybe describe this as a midlife crisis and you don't have to, I'm just curious. No, I would say I'm having the midlife crisis now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, you know, and, and, and that's kind of joking and kind of not, but it, yeah. it feels very different to me. This felt mm. like a full on this felt like death. This oh, felt wow. like a surrender. And I was, I did mm. have suicidal ideation then, you mm-hmm. know, I was, mm-hmm. I had gotten to a point where the constant mantra in my head was, mm. I can't do this anymore. Mm. Please don't make me do this anymore. I like that over yeah. and over and over. Like literally I would wake up in the morning, open my eyes and say, no, not another wow. day. I mean, wow. it was, it got to the point where it was that bad. And, and I was 
surviving underneath a beautiful picture. Mm -hmm. I mean, the white picket fence, the handsome husband traveling, yeah. you know, a, a company that had made it into InStyle magazine, the New York Times, right? Like I had done all the things and I felt empty, confused, overwhelmed, exhausted, sick. I was, I, I wanted death. To me, living was the hard part. I yeah. was like, bring it, death, yeah. come on. And I had stopped breathing and, and we talked about this in, in, hmm. in our episode when you guys were on my podcast that, you know, I had stopped breathing. Air hunger was very, very, very common for me. Like hmm. I, hmm. from the time I was a child, I had gotten the message that like taking up that kind of space yeah. <laughs> right, inside yeah. my own lungs right. was even not safe. Wow. And, and so my, you know, the going into what I now know was a descent, what mm -hmm. I now know was literally like the myth of Inanna. That was, it was literally like that, where I went into a journey into the underworld. And for nine months, I was in a bed day in and day out, mm. you know, only going to the bathroom and picking up the kids from the bus stop, making them dinner and going back to yeah. bed. I mean, yeah. that was my life for nine months. And in that time period, that was where I got to meet myself and go mm. and go through the reclamation process of all the ghosts of my past that were waiting for me to remember her, mm. you know, that with all of the places I had abandoned the inner child because, yep. Yep. because you know, I needed to in exchange for validation, belonging. That's right. And and we all do this. We all do this. I just didn't I just didn't know it was a common experience. I didn't know I was <laughs> no <alone>. one does. <laughs> nor yeah. Yeah. right. And and this brings up a great a great subject, nor did I know the mythologies that help us understand this. Yeah. That the myth of Inanna and so many of the goddess and 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 mm. God myths, right, actually help us there. The archetypical world helps us make sense of this world, but we're not taught that in school. We're not taught relational skills or how to have mindfulness or how to tune into the body and attune ourselves mm -hmm. to what's happening. I mean, these were all skills I had to learn in the underworld that were more about just meeting myself where I was and looking at all of the layers that stood between me and this part of myself that needed to be, that needed to be realized, embraced, um, and healed, which was judgment, <laughs> judgment, 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 you know, yeah, yeah. and, and, and everything that was like creating that wall between the the love I had for myself. Like I I, yeah. I had so much inner misogyny, so much self-hatred. Yep. Yep. What did that and look I, like for you going oh in God. there? Like in so, the outer world. What did that look like? So when I first I'll tell you a quick story. When I first got out of bed, 
I went to, I, I started having these miracles show up in my life. Um, Real quick, did you, were you looking for those? Were you like asking for help? Were you calling out to the void, like help me void? Like, okay, okay. I was, I was. I, I remember so deeply calling for a wise woman. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know there was a term for it. Yeah. I I didn't know that I wanted crone energy or the wise woman. I didn't know what to call her. I was calling her a mom, a mother figure. (laughs) Right. Right. right? Like I wanted my mommy and, and not the mom I had grown up with. Yeah. And I love, I love my mom, but she, she, she she has her own limitations from, you know, growing up. Right. Totally. Yeah. So I wanted a woman who could help orient me to what the hell was going on Mm. and to help me understand what it was. How could I, how could I be with myself? How could I love myself? How could I find myself? I had heard all these terms, right? Um, It's funny how we can be like in one sense, exposed to it all the time, right? Like it's, it's like, be kind to yourself, you know, like, (laughs) What does that look like? Right. You know, it's like, it's easy to say and so difficult to like actually embody and conceptualize. That's Keep going. Keep going. I want to stop you. Yeah. Yeah. But, but to answer your question, I was, I don't, I was conscious of that one, but I, but, but I'm sure that I had an ongoing um, prayer inside Mm. of myself and I wouldn't have seen it as prayer because I was so fractured from that. Um, and so to go back to Daniel's question, what did that look like? And I wanted to tell you a story Mm. when I, when I first started getting out of bed, I I did find a wise woman who actually ended up sending me to a shaman and actually the wise Mm. woman found me, but that's a story for another time. The shaman, uh, sat me down and he said, what's going on, Monica? And I said, well, I haven't really been able to get out of bed. I've been depressed. I've been this, I've been that. And he said, okay said, I want to ask you a question. I said, okay. He said, do you speak to your loved ones the same way you speak to yourself? And I kind of cocked my head to the side, like a cocker spaniel, like, mm-hmm. like, what does he really mean by that? Right. Um, because I hadn't necessarily, I knew what he was insinuating, but but it wasn't until two days later that I went to the grocery store and I had the bag bottom out from le- leaking milk <laughs> Yeah, that I heard the voice. Okay. What did it say? Okay. It, the bag fell out in the middle of the, the, uh, the outside where people were driving their cars yeah. in the yeah. parking lot. And I just looked foolish and everything was everywhere. And the voice said, you idiot, pick it yeah. up. Can't you do anything right? You're such a moron. Oh my God. Everybody's looking at you. Like the voice, I was like, ah, stop. Like, (laughs) like once I heard the voice, I couldn't unhear the voice. And then I realized that the voice was everywhere in my life. It was Mm. everywhere. And when I looked at all, like when you do the work, you realize the abusers that you've had to put measures in place and boundaries. I never I never would have thought that I was my number one abuser. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so to answer your question, Daniel, I had to start putting measures in place. I had to start imagining myself mm. standing between the Monica mm. that was the saboteur, the judge, you know, the jury, the executioner, 
and the Monica who was doing her friggin' best. And I had to, I had to imagine myself standing between them and saying, stop, look at her. She is doing her best here. You have got to stop speaking to her like that. Like that's, that's what I had started to, because we have to disrupt the, the pattern, the trance. And because, because yeah. that is part of the trance and there's many, many parts of the trance, but the voice is one of them. Totally. I, that's awesome. Thank you for expressing some of that. I think that these little moments like that and sharing those are as, are part of the equation of helping people and because it's specific, you know? And I think that there's so many experiences along the way of, of discovering a more authentic expression of your life that are so specific, you know? And it's like, what would Monica do in that case? What would Ronald do in, if this was a situation, you know? And I just think sharing those personal stories is huge. Like one way that I'm working right now to rewire and have a different experience in this world in a positive way is like when I fuck up and I do something that's embarrassing, I'm pretty good at like being accountable for it or explaining how it was a misunderstanding or how I corrected it. And these days I'm just like, I'm not going to say anything, you know, because I'm own that. <laughs> no, I'm yeah. it's like, I had a house guest here, right? Recently, this is a specific situation. I had a house guest and I ran out of toilet paper and I went to the store to buy toilet paper. And I bought toilet paper. There's a sensitive septic tank on this on this property. And so I bought this toilet paper and also it was in less expensive, you know? I don't know. I just found some and I bought it and I brought it back. And it's the worst toilet paper on the face of the earth. Like <laughs> never buy septic friendly toilet paper because it's a joke, you know? You have to fold it up like 10 times. And it ends up doing the same thing as buying normal. <laughs> so the, my point is, is that I know that this person used it and I know that they, I, it would be, they would be insane to not, to like, to not be annoyed by that. It was just, it was just like, <laughs> it's a joke, you know? And I thought about contacting them, right. And being like, Hey, you know, I, I'm making a joke about it or something. And I was, and I was uncomfortable and a little embarrassed. And I was just like, no, I'm good. It's not that big of a deal. Um, this is, this is, this is not, not the foundation. This doesn't rock the foundation of their experience here. I just owned like the positive aspect of having this guest and it was uncomfortable and it was new, but it was liberating because it was, it was real. Like it was new, real ground. And I feel like that that's one thing that you're kind of speaking to a little bit is like stepping in between the automatic response oh, one that yes. is not pleasant. Yeah. It's yeah. not serving well you. Said. And then just being like, let's make another choice. Yeah, it's like it's like I have a different opportunity here. What 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 are my options? And actually, like, I love the pause. You know, mm -hmm. it's like the pause is that place where I get to just be before I react. It's like it's that place where I can just and and you know, I think about my trauma and I think about everybody's trauma and I think about my ADD diagnosis. And one of those things is like impulsivity and to have gotten to the point where I can actually pause, right? Like impulsivity can really serve me with humor and wit and stuff like that. Totally. Yeah. But it, but it is not my friend when it comes to um, my quick temper or my quick way. Like I have <laughs> a, I have a really, really 
um, it's like being responsible for the fact that I can use words beautifully or as a weapon that harm people really like that is not, you know, as I swallow, that's <laughs> not a, a flattering thing to admit, you know, like I yeah. hurt people when yeah. I don't pause, I mm. hurt them. It's funny too. Cause the pause, you say you love it. I'm assuming that it's at least at one point in time or sometimes it's not a pleasant place experience right after you pause. Yeah. It sounds like you've learned to love it over time. (laughs) Yeah. The value of it. It's a really valuable, but oftentimes the pause for me means I'm, I'm going to feel uncomfortable emotionally. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But, but, but yeah. And, and, and I would say that it sure beats the emotional hangover from having lashed out. Oh yeah. Well said. Yeah. Yeah. Or the lack of life that the rote remembered repeated a million times action leads Uh, to. uh, With no better outcome ever. (laughs) How can it? Yeah. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's that Einstein's definition of insanity, right? You do the same thing, hoping it's going to be different this time. It's like, well, if you want it to be different, be different. And being different, a lot of times, at least initially, is going to be uncomfortable. Sometimes it leads to liberation and bliss. Ronald and I do this all, all day long to some extent. We, or at least we're intending to, you know, which is I'm going to do the thing that I haven't done before because I want my life to evolve. And I'm going to paint when normally I would kick back right now. You know, I already did a great day. So now I'm going to, I'm going to stop. No, man, it's time to pay. I got to do the thing. And when I do it, I don't want to do it. And I'm like, Oh, it's uncomfortable and it feels wrong. But these days when things feel wrong, it, it's mm-hmm. almost like I, that's a cue that they're right. Not all the time. That's the fucking tricky part. Sometimes they're just wrong. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you got to be a goddamn ninja in, in yeah. the world of like knowing them, yourself and being. And I'm not saying I am, but I'm having some positive results. And, and a huge part of that is doing what you're talking about, doing the well, different thing. And this is where, you know, this is where truly the tools have saved my life, right? The tools. And then once you get your hand on the tools and Ron, to go back to what you were saying before, right? Like you might hear these things your whole life, but to put some of these tools into action and to start integrating these tools into our lives and using them. And it's so true. Like, isn't it crazy that people are like, why would you get a coach? Right. But when you think about it, it's like, who the hell does life well? without tools and somebody yeah. to process with and yeah. it's it's insanity to go back to what you said Daniel before like we do the same thing over and over again it's like to get a coach or to immerse ourselves in, and invest in ourselves in something that's going to grow us and give give us some tools to integrate so that we can have a better life i mean it's like can I get an amen here? <laughs> yeah. Amen. I, like, uh, um, I've had that voice too, Monica, and I've talked about it on the podcast before. And so I won't go t- too into depth about it, but it was a present part of me for a very long time and still likes to knock on the door occasionally. And, and that pause for me is at a different time. It's not often in the, in the moment of a conversation. It's mostly my brain likes to get uh, negative and reflection. So when I'm by myself and like thinking about my day, it's like, Hey, remember, um, all those just shitty things you did today or didn't do, or said you were going to do and didn't, or any, any number of those things. Right. Mm -hmm. And it took me, uh, up until about two years ago to really understand 
that that wasn't beneficial. Oh my gosh. Right. And (laughs) it's, it's so, it's so good that you're saying that my, my most productive practice lately is radical Mm self-approval. And that's Daniel's helping me through that right now. Like we've, it's been a lot about this last six, eight months has been about, Oh, you made that choice and I love you still. And well, and, and, yeah. and, and in a coaching relationship, you could be talking to somebody and they're like, yeah, and I really fucked up the other day and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, yeah. what are you celebrating about that? Right. It's just like changing the tone of it. Even it's like, yeah. And what are you celebrating about that? Because there's something to learn from it. Right. And yeah. we, we can position it a little bit differently and like, just got our own back instead of being that, you know, that judge jury and executioner all the time yeah speaking to ourselves the way that we would never speak to our family never yeah yeah I mean honestly too that was a big pivot for me was seeing I I never got the inner child thing until I had an actual (laughs) child and I was like would I speak to her that way never yeah for sure and that's I'm so glad you're talking about that it's like when people are really hard on themselves, you know, and it's like, I'll be like, would you do that to someone else? They'll be like, hell no. And well then yourself, yeah. you're a person, you know, it's your person. It's wild that, that we even give ourselves permission to do that. What I mean is like, where did we learn that it's okay to be so mean and, and judgy and cruel, straight up cruel to ourselves? Like, where did that, like where as a child we're like i I know what i I know i know the answer to this i'm gonna be mean as hell to myself (laughs) i mean i think that you all you both already spoke to it too it's like it's in a lot of our religion yeah 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 well said well said and it's also um in society in general when you do talk about patriarchy i think this is one of the qualities we're talking about it's just a little bit of a it's hard it's harsh it's a little bit it's demanding Mm -hmm. you know it's it doesn't listen very well you know it's it's just not you know it's it's just low level abusive you know and at at best it requires us not to be present and that's the thing is presence yeah when we bring presence to our interactions and to our interactions with our children what we start noticing is the nuances and the moments where our child withdraws and suddenly you're noticing, are you, I'm just checking in. You're not beating yourself up. Are you? Because Mm. what, what, what there is to do right now Mm. is to be kind to yourself. Mm. Right. Like I didn't get that training growing up. Right. I didn't get that noticing. I didn't get that presence from my parents. And of course we tend to repeat the generational patterns because it's what we know. But the but to go back to the kind of the training ground, whether we're calling that the dominator model, the patriarchy, it's it's you know that and back to your point, it's it's that busyness, that overwhelm, that constant achievement. It doesn't leave room for the pause, which yeah. leaves us room to actually breathe, which leaves us room to presence ourselves, which leads to relationship. I, 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 as you were talking, I'm I'm sorry, Dan, I got to squeeze this story in, man. I have a son who's, who's 15 and he's a like high level skateboarder. He's on a, he's on a skateboard team here. He's, he's internet famous in certain little skateboard circles. And, um, 
And he's really hard on himself when he can't perform well. Like it's ugly shit. When he, the stuff that comes out of his mouth, things he says about himself. And, and as you were talking, I was like, where did he get that from? Where did my son <laughs> learn that kind of action from? And all of a sudden I had this like real clear memory of him being about five, six years old and me working on a motorcycle that actually Daniel was with me the day I bought it. And I had it in parts and put it back together wrong and figured out the last minute that I did. And I not only like busted a knuckle or something, you know, when you're wrenching on things and it slips, the tool slips and you hit your hand really hard. But then I threw the tool across the shop I was in which was this massive big warehouse that I, my father-in-law had and, and I'm overturning tools and throwing things and just like making a scene. And he was five, right? Like that stuff is like embedded neurologically without words, just witnessing what, this is how a man needs to act when things go wrong. <laughs> well, and, and a part of that is right. Like, I think part yeah. of that is like the, there's that idea of ducks when they're animals when they get in fights, they like shake their duck feathers, you know? And yeah. They express the energy. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's okay to chuck a tool or do something like that, but having is is that expressing some deep seated a kid would pick it up in in a minute, undealt with anger? Like, it's more than just shaking the duck feathers, you know? It's it's deep. Uh, yeah but then also like maybe a uh, context uh like some sort of laughter or like that's gone it's dissipated if there's some sort of like dissipation after that expression yeah. of anger or something like that yeah well i think that one can still express themselves you know Absolutely. yeah yeah totally yeah and i want to say that that what what i would invite all of us to do because back to saying yes to the mess it's those moments where we have a recovery moment, right? Mm -hmm. Where we've chucked the tool, right? And we've been like, damn it. And then it's like, you know what? Yeah. I need to be kind to myself here yeah. because I'm really, and, and it's that transparency as parents where we say, whoa, did you just see that? I just totally abused myself. That was not mm -hmm. cool. Yeah, but exactly. I, right? Like what I yeah. really want to be doing here is giving myself room to just yeah. not get it right. Um, this is this is old stuff. If I was talking to my kid, right, I'd be like, this is old stuff from my childhood. Yeah. Right. And and it's mm. just that that like moment that. to get transparent with our kids. Yeah. Because we're not gonna get it right. We're just not. We're gonna have those reactions. And God knows I have them all the time. My kids will tell you. Um, <laughs> the right? look on your face was like it's Priceless. like they'll tell you, but um, but it's those moments where, whew, yeah, wow. I, I sometimes I even do it, especially with my daughter. Mm -hmm. I'll say, you know, I really realized later today that when I was standing in front of the mirror earlier and I was talking about my crow's feet, mm -hmm. right, or whatever it mm -hmm. was, that I actually like address it with her. Cool. And she's sometimes like, mom, you know, yeah, like sure. do, yeah. but I still do it. I'm yeah. like, yeah. it's, it's not okay for me. I'm really working on self-love and it's not okay for me to abuse myself like that. Yeah. And I'm not aging. I'm saging, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially when That's people good. are, you know, like 
your son, Ron. He's not, he didn't just pick that behavior up 100% from you. You know, he's in a society that that's rampant. Yeah, it, it's total. I mean, I'm, I don't think it was that was the the yeah. genesis or the seed that done it done at all. Like I know that also that part of my life, like you know, within one or two years, I was getting close. We were talking about this last night, talking about my, why I stopped drinking, and and one of those moments was uh, my son witnessing me. Uh, no, no, he didn't witness me. I lost my handle with someone on the street and tried to fight them, like full on, tried to get in a in an altercation with this this man and uh to the point where i was chasing him jesus with my car what was this with my car um last week no it was about (laughs) it was about maybe i think it was before i had my motorcycle Mm. or maybe around that time so so whenever you and i picked up remember do you remember idea five years ago no, seven, seven or eight years old. I just, yeah. I just wanted to it's like that. that moment you witnessed yourself, Ron. And oh, like, dude, this Ooh. was this was dude. rowdy. It, I had lost it, <laughs> and um, and it, I, I caught myself in the moment of going, "I'm trying to run over a human being in my seven thousand pound vehicle, and I've lost control. I've dehumanized somebody. I've lost myself." I did this in front of my employees of my business that I had at the time, or I was running at the time. And, um, I'm, I'm properly embarrassed. And I told my, that weekend, I told my son about what I did, why, why I did it. You know, I felt justified because this guy stole something from our shop and, um, and I said it to him in order to show him that's not the right way of person should act to treat somebody and what you know and we talked about it and then and then i got an opportunity I ran that that guy is actually waiting for me at the at my office the following monday because he felt bad for stealing he wanted to apologize and i thought he when i got there i thought i was about to get in a fight i thought i was gonna get stabbed or something <laughs> and but instead he told me a story and i and i'm crying hearing a story of of it's it was so tragic it was just unbelievably wow. tragic and from him too to show back up after someone tried to run but i i think where to god yep i right? think it's because i recognized it and i started to tell my son about it and i and i my heart was looking for for resolution thank you yes exactly i knew that i needed i had like unfinished business with this person mm-hmm. and and then we were able to like uh, you know i apologized he apologized and i was able to help him with something that he needed help with and what and say about that monica it's just, it's just yeah. that's the magic that yeah. is the magic of this work that is what i'm that is what i'm feeling right now as i'm listening to ron tell this story because we don't we don't know when we get in right relationship with ourselves that's when things start working out that is where the world aligns that yeah. is where we start being able to that's where the miracles happen. And that's what I'm hearing happen with Ron is like, he got in right relationship with himself and he was breaking a generational pattern and he was telling a story to his son and as, and, and our words make worlds, you know? And, and I think again, when our words, it's like, that's why we call it spelling, right? It's like when we spell, when we speak, when we talk, it's like we create. And, and, and I think there was an invitation that he was speaking, not only to his son, 
about a different way to approach something and see it, but there was an invitation too that left space for this man to yeah. to show up in that I think it just wouldn't have happened yeah. any other way. I'm inclined to agree with that and not that we need to open up another discussion, but I think that I love that statement in, in scientific circles of the world is not only stranger than we think, but it's stranger than we can think. And I just think that if that's talking about the base we're all standing on, if we don't know what's really going on, then like, go with your gut, you know, go with what you maybe think might go with that sense that things might be a little bit weirder and a little bit more um, dreamy, you know, and quantum, you know, metaphysical moments. It's just a silly little phrase that I, I use that's very unspecific, but it's like, Maybe there is something in Ronald's in in that day that Ronald was open to, and that did cause or left space for created that gentleman to some extent showing up that day. And I don't think that's woo. I think that that's potentially uh, whispering toward what's really going on here. And maybe five a bunch of time in the future, we might learn more about how things really work. There's a podcast. Um... I'm probably going to get the name wrong. I think it's called um, How Things Work. It's an NPR podcast. Mm-hmm. And they did an episode I a few love that one. It's a good one. Did you have you listened to the one on prayer? I haven't listened to it in a while. But... So so they they took like four or five different stories and and essentially like one person had a terrible stuttering problem and loved Cher, the pop star from the 70s. Oh, yeah. yeah. Loved Cher. I mean, like it like Cher was like. Yes, that's everything. And this person said, as they're struggling with stuttering, like, I need help. I want to, I want to not talk this way anymore. And this was kind of their, like them opening themselves up to something outside of themselves and going, I need help. And suddenly at some point, Cher appears in her head or their head and teaches them how to speak correctly and is rooting them on and is like, going for it. And then they like work there. They are on the radio show, the podcast describing that experience. You know, then they took someone else and they were, they were um, describing probably something more quantum, like we're just describing and like things materializing. And like, they had a very compelling story around that. And then another one was people talking about prayer. And it was like, the point of the whole podcast is we don't know how this works. We don't know why it works. But we do know that, but when someone decides that they want help and they're looking and they're leaning in, like it leans back, something's leaning back. And I think, I think that it, I don't know, but I, I feel, I I sense that we are more active participants in our life than we think. We're more creative. Oh, for sure. We have more say than we think, but not just consciously. It's primarily probably subconscious. And that's the whole trick. That's the rub, right? Yeah. How do I get my subconscious to start to stop doing the things that's programmed to do and to start taking my orders. Like I got to get my conscious mind on board first. And yeah. now I got to get it communicating with something that is theoretically, as we understand it, massive and pretty unmoving. So how do we start to move the blocks and change our life? And, and I think that that's kind of what we're speaking to, because once you do, I think Ronald, you and I, and Monica sounds like too, yeah. experiencing this a lot more lately, you start to get help. It, the, it's you just start to get positive feedback loops. You start to get uh, not signs, but just real results in the world that you're just like, holy shit, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. You know? 
You get, you guys, you guys keep talking. What is is happening here? And I'm here for it. Right. It's, it's so, um, it's so like, that's when I think, wow, I want more of that. Like, that's when I return back to like wonder and just this childlike innocence that that's so pure, you know, that for sure. Back when I believed anything was possible, it's like touching back into that and recognizing, oh, this is divine. This is what I call yeah. the divine, you know? Yeah. You know, last night I had this experience, I think is a little bit like this, is uh, I was at the end of a long day. I had done a great job yesterday just doing the things I needed to do, showing up for people, my responsibilities, blah, blah, blah. And I had a great day and it was at the end of the day. And Ronald and I were going to do this little late night podcast, just me and him. And it it was like another thing to do at the end of a great yeah. day. But there was this other thing that just for one hour, I really, my like inner child was like, ooh, 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 can we go? And it was this little art music event that's every Tuesday at a little cafe. And I've never gone and I've been invited to it synchronistically so and I was like, you already had a great day. Like, just go and relax <laughs> and then do this podcast, you know? Yeah. But I was like, the little kid wouldn't shut up. I was like, fuck, I have to go to this, you know? And so I didn't just hustle over there. I was like, you know, I was like, I was raising a kid. I was like, let's get the right clothes. And, let's, and I showed mm-hmm. up that way. And I was annoyed the whole time because I didn't want to do it. Show up annoyed the whole time on the way there or getting ready? Every or... bit of it. I was yeah. like. Cause that's that thing you're doing the right thing, but it's a pain in the ass. You know? <laughs> yeah. And I show, and I, I'm yeah. approaching the thing and I was like, it's going to suck. It's going to be lame. There's no one's going to be, here. it's going to be a waste of time. I'm not really saying those things. These are just like feelings fluttering up. And I look in the window and it's full of people that just look, they're all doing creative art things and there's music playing and the lighting's great. Everyone's just like in it. They welcome me in. Turns out like five people I know very closely uh, are there. They come up, hug me. And I was just like, oh my God, I did the right thing. You know? Yeah. yeah. And so I feel like that that's a good example of that. Like I showed up for myself and you don't always get rewarded. Sometimes you show up and it was like a shitty event, but you still did it and it's still good. Right. But that yeah. time it all lined up. and It was awesome. Yeah. And sometimes when I'm getting like an intuitive hit like that, I don't know if it's my inner child or my sage, like my inner sage. Mm. And sometimes I'm good like, call. maybe, maybe they're the same. Yeah, you know? totally. like, oh, they are. Yeah. The, the, yeah. There is like the capital S self that is, that understands the paradox and understands the nuance. Yes, absolutely. Right? And is yes. also can be like lit up with excitement like a child. Yes. And and yet, yet there are also times when the child is like in full control and either in either wanting like the fun and excitement that you were experiencing, Daniel, or like the tantruming, mm-hmm. you know, or or fear. Like there's all kinds of places for that for that little little person to express. And it's all us. Like that's and it's all just, us. It's, it's exactly just all us. That's know? right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It's a person awesome. that is looking back at me in the mirror, and yet it's way more complex than that, and and it's yeah. as simple as that at the same time. Yeah, uh, Monica, what are you um, hoping to accomplish with the with your new book? What's like? What are you really wanting this to like land? Yeah. Well. What I'm really hoping to accomplish is to tell a story that is helpful, Mm. you know, that really 
it's nice. because it's part memoir. So I love storytelling. I love humor. I love nuance. I love writing. I love words, right? Yeah. All these. And, and for me, it's like that next level challenge that alchemizes all of my pain, all of my trauma, everything mm. I've learned. And it expresses my human side, but it also taps into my divinity. And what I really want women to know is that we're both, you know, and men, we're both human and divine. And, yeah. and that, you know, when we stop living on the surface of the world, what we, um, what we are capable of is like this soul diving experience that really it's like, I, I think about soul diving as like, go down seven, come up eight, right? There's always these treasures mm. that, mm. that you're constantly bringing to the surface and examining. And then because you're, you're on the surface again, you're then sharing your treasure with everybody before yeah. you go back down again. And so for me, it's also a process of reclamation. It's reclaiming my voice. It's reclaiming my right to do all yeah. the things that I want to do, yeah. that I yeah. desire. It's about answering the inner child that wants to tell the story, you know, and wants to do it playfully, but also impactfully. So it, it really is for me about honoring all of those aspects of myself and the process has been really amazing because I'm constantly having to get out of my own way, meaning my ego, you know, so that I can write the damn book. <laughs> and, and it's been really remarkable to just watch what comes up and what I, you know, what, what I, what I give myself permission to feel in that mm -hmm. moment. It's really been an exercise in in walking my talk. Hmm. So what I what I want to let women know is that we're in an incredible time. Like this is such an incredible time to be alive for both women and men. And that we are in, you know, the apocalypse. And I say that, you know, as a word that means to reveal. Yeah. lifts the veils yeah. that we're in a time where we're lifting the veils and we're seeing the truth of who we are as both human and divine. And I think that what is on the other side of this, what we're transitioning into is a new earth, but we have to, us, a lot of this is also a request or an invitation for women to stop holding it together. Yeah. Because we're unknowingly holding a system in place that is yeah. not serving us. We need to let things fall apart and we need to be willing to get messy so that the Lotus can bloom. Mm, I love that. Um, some things I was thinking about as you were describing that was from where I stand in the world, it seems like a lot of the folks who are willing to do what you just described Soul dive. I like that phrase. I've never heard that before. Um, tend to be women, and 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 men um, are a bit. It's not that they're not men. There's plenty of men. I know, you know, hundreds of them who who are willing. But what I hear a lot, a question I hear a lot, my wife hears a lot, is what do I do uh, about my husband who thinks this journey I'm on is strange. 
is woo woo is out there, it, you know? And so it's kind of a, one part is like observation. The other part is a question to you, I guess. Yeah. And, and, but, all, but also I have this just, just deep appreciation for the feminine right now who is going, you know what? I can't do this anymore. I'm not going to do this anymore. And I have, have to, have to, have to find a different way. Mm-hmm. And I, and, and I know that there are many, 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 many men who are doing that same thing. But for some reason, whatever circles I've been running in, it's it's like I'm seeing more I'm seeing more women who are doing that than I'm seeing men who are doing that. And yeah, and are you experiencing that same thing, or is that is that just yeah, me and my little this, insular well, like no, world? no? This is where I love I love this expression. Um, and it's do your own project, don't do yeah. your husband's project. Yeah, yeah. You know, That's it's good. like yeah. You know, it's like it's like the invitation right is is always available and and i too right have a husband who's who's like he's not going to do it our way ladies he's just not going <laughs> to yeah. you know like he, he's not going to and right the sacred and he is going to find his way what we have to focus on is our growth and our truth and and being transparent and expressive and i'll tell you the more we come alive mm-hmm. it, at least in my case you know when yeah. you're with when you're with somebody who is really the right person for you, they're going to celebrate you. They're going to support you. They're going to lift you higher. Is it going to scare them sometimes? Yes. Yes. And that's going to create the tension for revelation. (laughs) And guess what? The more we reveal, the more we heal. And that is what needs to happen within us, within our relationships and within the world. But it has to start here. So do your own project and don't worry about his. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. for sure. That's just like healthy dynamics of couples anyway. It's like probably most people, couples are probably way smashed together, probably, (laughs) you know. And so any living together full time, all these things being monogamous, it's like all that stuff's good. But finding other ways, a lot of other ways, potentially, depending on who you are and how you are, to live your own life and and be supported, at least respected, like respect, space, seen, but but hopefully actually actively supported, you know, a huge proponent of that. Well, and to really, to really reorient ourselves to instead of like, right, like, that going with the finger right like the blame it's like whoa what is wanting to be revealed here what is what's coming up what's surfacing are we you know and to be able to have that inquiry I you know curiosity is such an underused tool but like yeah I notice something shift in my husband's body language I will literally say like hey honey what's coming up for you right now right it's like this it's like the same gentleness we learn to use with ourselves we're using with our partners. And again, when we presence ourselves, we notice these subtle nuances in our partner's body language. And it's like, and he'll tell me now, he'll say like, yeah, you know, I'm really realizing I'm, I'm feeling threatened, um, you know, in this moment. And like when I have permission and I've articulated and modeled that for myself, he's coming along in his own way yeah. and it's i got to give him permission and room for it to be his way and that teaches me so much and he teaches me so much about unconditional love mm. which 
is really what it's all about for ourselves and other people. Because when we place conditions on anyone, especially our partner, we're, we're really, um, you know, we're, we're really. You narrow the, I'm going to speak for you, you know, unintentionally. And if you, if you want to erase what I just said, you may. I mean, my, my wife and I have been going through evolutions of this, our whole relationship. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's, we box each other in, right? When, when, when there's conditions, it's like, you, it's like you stop believing in the magic that that person brings yes. to your life and that yes. they're capable of bringing to your life. Yeah, it's like you lose the creative, that, that yeah. thing that creates, right? And, and there is like, there is that, there is that part of me that thinks I know better all the time. So let's yeah. be honest. <laughs> because, because my way, right? Like yeah. I can, I, I'm right. And then I'm obviously right, I know right, better. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, so, so it's also good, but I, I, um, I hate to do this. I'm looking at the time and realizing that. I know we've been going a long time, I, 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 long but time. I've loved this. Like yeah. I have loved this so much. Like I would love to do it again. Anytime yeah. you guys want to riff or awesome. talk or dive in, like, the best. I, I, I've loved you guys. I said, I said oh. to Austin, I was like, I love these two men. Like, I mm. love you guys. I really do. And I, it meant a lot to us that you invited us on your podcast and and I I will speak for myself. It felt very validating to hear, hear your affirmations for me. And I, and I, and I was feeling that for Daniel too, (laughs) but I know that I can't, I can't, I don't know his feelings, but he speaks for Monica and he feels for me. Cool. Uh, (laughs) We can can just get the fuck out of here, Monica. We don't have to do it. Smoke a bone. (laughs) No, what it's all about. (laughs) I know your heart, Ron, so you can have your little moments. Thanks. Thank you, Monica. Thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. Um, you're the, you're the best. You're the absolute best. Uh, I almost forgot the words I needed. I did forget the words I needed to say. This is the field dressing. Monica Rogers. I like the field dressing. Yeah. I've had people say it's their favorite part. I shouldn't say that because was that you? Was it you saying it to yourself <laughs> in the mirror? You know what, guys? That field dressing is my favorite part. You know when the guest leaves and it's just me and Ron talking? That's my favorite part. No, I'm are, just you, that- are you and I just like, do we think, like, are we just so completely uh, like blind to the fact of how like tedious and boring our conversations are to the, everyone but you and I? And it's like, I think we have to be that way because oh I do love the shit out of these conversations and, and everything we, we get into. And, and I was thinking about the other day, I was like, oh my God, I bet it's just awful sometimes. Listen to <laughs> you know, I've been listening to some, amateur... but maybe that's my negative self. It Go is. Ahead. It totally yeah. is. Right? Yeah. No, it totally is. Totally. I've been listening to some other amateur. Cause I got, are we professional? Well, no, cause we're not getting paid um, to do this. <laughs> well, yeah, we are. Oh yeah. Well, okay. Uh, and we are having good conversations. Yeah. We're having valuable conversations and they're not wasted yeah. time. Of course, there's moments, times and periods, you know, but they're short, man. And I've listened to other podcasts from just like even really professional podcasts where there's not a lot of substance. And by substance, I mean, it could be humor. It could be vitality. It could be anything. Yeah. I mean, it needs right. to be deep, you know, but we are doing a good job. I know yeah. that. And I, yeah. at the same time, when people comment about, you know, what we do and we get that a lot. I, part of me is like, you probably just listen to five or 10 minutes. I don't <laughs> you. 
you know, because <laughs> there's so much content out there. We're so busy. Like, I don't blame a... anybody for only listening to five or 10 minutes. I'm graced. Yeah. 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 That's right. That's right. Well, we can indulge in that. I'm going to stop the indulgence of that conversation that you and I are having about ourselves and enter into the celebration of our conversation with Monica today, because, um, that what's what's astounding to me about her is that um, Monica clearly comes across as a sage to me, like somebody who has used their pain and suffering in life and and years on the planet to create wisdom. They have found the wisdom within yeah. themselves and outside of themselves, yeah. and is presenting okay. it in a really palatable, good, gentle, loving, and challenging way. And a present way. And that's, a, yes, that's a great detail. No, no, no. Yeah. Hit that one. Well, I, we, you know, we have talked, not just, not on this, I'm not saying this on this podcast, but yeah. you, you and I have spoken to and met people, especially in, in the field that you're in coaching where like you start talking to them or speaking with them, having a conversation and, and there's a sense that they're slipping into a rhetoric or a script that, mm. that they are, that is their product. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Neutral. And I'm like, yeah. I could quietly start to walk away, you know, and I don't know if this person would notice. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah, they're you know so wrapped up in their own thing. Yeah, I yeah we all have it. those yeah, moments. Yeah. We have those moments. Yeah. I get that. But, yeah. you know, Monica is like, I feel like there's eye contact. She's she's open to having a, a discussion that is is maybe developing her own um, her own. Uh, thoughts and words or it's yeah. or it's actually seeing me and where i might need to or you we we are open to and she's like tailoring her words and her message to me specifically you know and i just like very appreciative of that yeah 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 there's um she's she's able to put down um uh, kind of a defense that i think a lot of us carry into a conversation yeah. where we think we have to present as kind of professional or an expert in some way or it's boring something totally. like that. And, yeah. um, and you don't get that. I don't get that sense from her at all. Like she's really willing to come in messy, do it messy, be vulnerable, but, but also not withhold her wisdom and experience. And, yeah. and, the, and when you have all those together, that's like, Ooh, Ooh. that's, yeah. <laughs> that is so totally good. Agree. Completely yeah. agree with that. Yeah. It's like one of my, beliefs I think inside is that we don't really know what we're talking about, you know? Yeah. And I don't really know, uh, you know, the, the best scientist out there is probably retroactively observed by scientists in the future going to seem like they knew, knew some a little bit, you know? Right. Right. But, but they're had some major building blo blocks not put in place. So like, can we all just like caveat on the side? I don't know what I'm talking about. And here's how I do know what I'm talking. You know what I mean? It's right. like, let's just recognize that we're all learning. We're all little babies in a lot of ways. I was thinking about that the other day. It's like, well, because uh, I've been trying to systematize uh, what I do with men, which by, uh, by in the past has been, you know, I have like, I've written down what I teach, but but so much of it is intuitive because I'm listening mm. for where the wounds are in, in a dude and the things that need to come up naturally. And, mm. and the idea of having to like systematize that is, is a little, rubs me a little bit the wrong way. Oh, good call. And, um, the, Oh God, I'm sorry, man. I forgot exactly what no, I was going to say really, about that one. That's a good point, man. I'm sure yeah. you'll remember, but like, yeah, you do, you're doing this thing that comes from the heart. 
yeah, here's what it was, was, um, when, no, it's gone. (laughs) I hear you though. Like when you, when a person, when you have something that is very subtle and it has to do with, with like things that you can't even put a word to the way you listen, what you see, um, what you feel in a person, and then you have to package it and make it something that you're going to mass produce or offer, be able to offer or represent commercially. I I could see that being a very strange like experience, but you know what? Fuck that. Like that doesn't, you know, it's like Ron Swanson, right? He destroyed the one chair that it took him forever to build because it looked (laughs) machine made. Right. (laughs) And that's funny because you're like, what are you doing, man? It was not machine made. And I think that, that you personally, my observation of you, especially as I get to know you more is I don't think you need to worry about that because you have, um, I was going to joke and say a podcast co-host and keep you in check, but like you have a lot of checks in your life, you know, your wife and other parts of your mind. And I think that you're, I think you should put some structure around that so you can deliver it to more people. Yeah. Thanks, man. The, uh, the other, I think I had another thought that was rolling in my head at the same time. And I thought they were connected, but I don't think they are, but it was like, they were vying for who (laughs) who could come out. And one was chasing the other with a Range Rover. (laughs) (laughs) Man, that shit's real. I can't believe I did that. I felt like a confession. I was like, I did not know that happened. I've I've said it out loud enough. Well, it really hit home this time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah uh, in the past you, i was like yeah yeah yeah. Whatever. don't you know what i'm capable of <laughs> i do now i'm glad we're doing this from different states <laughs> uh, i uh i, I don't want to i don't want to get sidetracked by that no, because i can make that. fun of that uh you asked me a really good question last night it was such a solid question and i wish i had been more sober when you asked me um and and we were talking about my dad and and you were kind of teasing out some myths i had about my dad and, and this ties back to Monica because she's, you know, her stated mission is to help women disconnect from the myth yeah. they have about themselves. And the question that you asked, which I'm asking now in my head all the time, I mean, since you said that, even last night, I've been thinking about a lot in today. And that is like, you were, you were trying to get me, you're almost like playing director, is my guess, is you, is you said, okay, here's the scene with your dad. He's sitting down and you need to get him to confess something that's happened to him in his life. What does that scene look like? And, and really what you were trying, I think what you were doing was disrupting the story that I have uh, canonized about my dad and, and made that like gospel. And you were, and you were in some soft way, challenging that by, by, by question, by asking me, to question it and by asking me to like redirect it in a certain way. And, and I think, and I think that's a really useful, fun exercise. Well, I don't know if I'm smart enough to have done everything you just said, but. <laughs> well, that's what, that's what I'm pulling apart from it. Man. Like that, awesome. you know, and uh, I mean, you're probably not smart enough, but I wasn't smart enough to write those things in the, in my, you know, you, you've mentioned a, a, a chapter in my book I've written yeah. and I'm not smart enough to do that either. It just Good came call. out, man. So, so we have to, we have to like make room for that inner wisdom that yeah. is surprising, it, but it exists and we have to honor that in us. And, and I'm honoring that in you by saying that was such a good question. And I, and I wonder, and I don't, we don't, neither of us have to answer this question, but I wonder what it would be like for us to do the same thing for ourselves, where we have this idea of who we think we are. 
and and we begin to question that in a way that's that is challenging and fun it's challenging and stretching yeah. it's it doesn't have to be uh, the kind of challenge that Monica and I were describing, which is critical and closed and painful and judging. And instead, like, because there was a bit of mirth in your voice when you asked me yesterday. Yeah, we were having fun. Yeah, about what would this scene look like? You know, I, I as it, in my mind, I was imagining it like all <laughs> like set out like a scene, like an actual movie scene with the camera angles and the marks <laughs> on the ground. And that the was part deal. of why last night <clears throat> I was uh, a little bit surprised is because I was like, Ron, I, you weren't really running with it. And I was like, I could I'm shocked. I'm lobbing you a softball. Two man. or three more. <laughs> you know, I had like probably two hits more than I should have. And and it, right, and, and it's like, well, I like my brain is not <laughs> able to keep up with that. But but the funny part is, is my brain is able to like go into like in, in inside, you know, interior in, in the interior and like yeah. get all juicy, but I can't totally, talk about it. <laughs> totally, I totally get that. No, I, I'm not giving you shit for it. I thought yeah. it was a good experience, but I appreciate you saying that. And I think, you know, they they talk about schema therapy and these different mm. therapies too, where you 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 personify aspects yeah. of your uh of your psyche into like the father and they often take the shape of your father right right and yeah. i just think that putting our well i don't think this but we're exploring the idea of putting different aspects of our psyche kind of on the hot seat or or just having a conversation with this um union psychologist robert psychologist robert a jordan mm. talks calls it active imagination where you uh mm. take a character you build this character it doesn't have to take a long time and then you converse with it oh, and wow. you converse freely yeah. with it yeah. and you can do that you can do that through art and through writing yeah. but the difference is is that you really do this in a from a place of like no one's ever going to read this yeah, uh, yeah. if someone ends up doing it because you decide later fine but not if not if knowing that keeps you from having an honest conversation with this part of yourself and it's supposedly it's one of the best ways we can Huh. develop and explore and shine light on our subconscious that's really fascinating i've done i i've done that um intuitively with oh, myself sure. yeah like i describe it as like having a phone call with a friend i've not caught up with in a long time awesome and i that's give awesome. myself the like i literally talk number one i talk out loud <laughs> generally to a younger version of myself yeah and i allow myself to be really indulgent about Cool. the descriptions the conversation and the excitement wow you really do that straight up out loud myself <laughs> when when you're like showering or something shower uh driving the car folding that's laundry awesome. on runs that's awesome. uh walking my dog around the park um you know alone when i'm not having to you know focus or work sure. or something yeah yeah you're doing it i would say that sounds like active imagination i wonder if you I wonder if knowing that maybe maybe even listen to the book or something. It's called Inner Work by Robert A. Jordan, and it's really good. And yeah, I'll check it out. One little way I wish I had more of the uh, I wish I had more of an active imagination, and mm. like you do, or at least the ability to to, to actually do it more. I kind of feel like I have to force myself to do it. But and when I wake up in the morning, I'll remember uh, characters from my dreams, and I'll just. Huh you know have a conversation with that character whoa that's, that's another cool. way to do it you know yeah. but i don't get and this is what i love about you man like you really do revel in the uh and this 
why your writing's so good. You revel in the details, you and you have a discernment about what details matter and which ones don't. Mm. And and but you enjoy shining light on those details, describing the details, bringing them out, and that is part of that um, inner, that uh, active imagination process is getting really specific. Mm. Mm. I um, I think you're closer to that than you think you are as your friend and as, as someone who has talked to you enough and also read your writing, like you're closer than you think. And, and you're being pulled so hard in one direction creatively right now because of, of your job as an artisan, as an artist painting for money That's a good point. that, that you, it may feel like you don't have access to it because of other reasons, but that I think you're actually cry, dude. I haven't had anyone say that, but because I haven't taken my art seriously enough in the past for someone to observe for that to happen. But I actually, you know what? You're right. That is happening. Fuck yeah. It kind of feels good. Let's wrap this up. (laughs) We just did it. That was episode 41. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool, man. That was amazing. Dude. I, I, the other thing I wanted to last thing, last thing is Morgan taught me a word that I didn't know until a couple weeks ago. And that is generative. Have you heard of that word? Yeah, generative. 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 I love that word. I I've fallen in love with that word. I didn't know the word, and I was like, "Well, you keep using this word, Margaret. What does this mean?" And and the way she described it, and I'm probably I'm probably paraphrasing what she even said to me, which was, "It works out for everybody, Ronnie." <laughs> <laughs> and 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 Monica talking about curiosity around all of our conversations. You talking about hey, if we all just come together with the best intention that we all decide to be on the same page, that we all have the most hope for each other. And I'd add to that, that, that to come expectant of generative outcomes. In other words, everybody can win, everybody can be whole, everybody can be healed. And, and have, and in addition to that, have access to the creative things in their life and the beauty, uh, the appreciation of beauty and the noticing of the details and the presence and all that stuff. And, you're close, man. We're Good all close. Call. You know, like we're just in different places at different times, depending on the demands of our life. You know, like uh, I know that word I was trying to think when I was answering if I, if I use it and have ever, I, mm. I, I do and have, and I learned it from a girlfriend. Mm. And when we were recording each other and I'd be like, hey, do you want me to come over? <laughs> you yeah. know, do you want to yeah. hang out tonight? Do you want to yeah. like have dinner? Do you want to do, do you want to go to coffee? Whatever it was, she would pause, you know, and she would say, either yeah that sounds nourishing or yeah that sounds generative you know and uh and i i'm with you but i never had a specific definition like what you just said of it being working out for everybody and i love win-wins yeah but hey my my last thing i wanted to say and i was thinking about doing this when we're done but i would like people to hear it because it's important and that's that you know this conversation we had today around around uh, the words patriarchy and masculinity and gender in general, it's a, it, it makes me feel really grateful and safe. I think would be a good word free to be able to have that conversation with someone who's kind of a stranger like Monica, Yeah. but also just with you. And usually not usually, but sometimes you're, you're very accommodating, you know, and and today in our conversation, I observed that you kind of you at your what I would say is you in a form of your best. Mm. And you I want to listen to this sometime with you and go back 
because I don't, I am seeing that more and more out of you and it's helping me create it in myself because it's challenging for, for me. What do you mean? I don't know. I, that's not you're what I thought like, you were going to say at all. You're very, really? What do you think I was going to say? No, it doesn't matter. Keep going. <laughs> you're very, you're very yeah. like firm, you know? Mm. And I think, I think that that's good for yours and my relationship because right, I right. can trust when someone's firm and direct yeah. and maybe even when they feel like they're being a little mean and not saying mm. you were, but I could yeah. see someone feeling that because people are afraid of confrontation sometimes. Yeah, right. We're afraid of confrontation. We're afraid of hurting people's feelings. We're afraid of if we let a little bit go, we're going to get super mad. So we just put it, hang it all back, like close it all up. Yeah. And I just like today's conversation for me, uh, that like middle earlier aspect felt like we were all really at our best because we were listening and we were communicating and I think we were all also emotional. Yeah. And that is, you know, I felt like you were standing up for your beliefs. You were also open and curious. I was the same way, Monica, the same way. And I just, yeah. I wanted to celebrate that little, that little time. It was great. I noticed that too, when we were all, yeah, all kind of like peak, peak conversationalists. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's fun, man. I, I, you know, to her, her point and I, I, we, I know we keep adding like one layer Whatever. on, you know, no, it doesn't matter. Okay, but, this is um, it is her desire or her her recognize, recognizing the craft of conversation and how it can be healing well good. And yeah and it made me it made me one actually proud of us for yeah. this process because over these many many hours that we've been into this i've heard us get better like from the beginning conversations to now like we've actually gotten better at holding conversations and and that's makes me happy because good conversations make room for things that don't get to come out all the time. Yeah. And, and that's what yeah. we want. That's what Good you call. and I are after. Like we're after for that, that deeper stuff. We want to like churn that stuff up and, and find it. Well, and also just humor. And so like when yeah. we, when we were on her show, we kind of laughed while it was like a lot of, it was light and lighter yeah. in general. Yeah. And this one was, was not as much. And I like the ability to go there and not go there and not feel obligated mm-hmm. and not feel like, I, anyways, I'm just with you totally. I know we have so much to learn and it, it does also feel good to be like, you know what? Well, this is valuable. These conversations yeah. are valuable. So totally. I appreciate you, man. Love you. I love you too. Uh, more than you can imagine. I was um, bragging to my wife about my friendship with you today. <laughs> thanks, man. Love you, dude. And uh, thanks everybody for tuning in. See you next time.